Hello, and welcome to Code Conversations, a podcast series from ECNM Magazine that focuses on interpreting the National Electrical Code. I'm Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and I'm sitting down today with NEC expert Russ LeBlanc to discuss difficult to decipher concepts surrounding the 2023 NEC, all in 10 minutes or less. Code Conversations is one of the many benefits available to our free members-only portal available on our website, ecmweb.com, located under Premium Content. Most of you probably already know Russ. He's a master electrician, electrical instructor, trainer, certified electrical inspector, and longtime contributor and co-consultant to ECNM Magazine, bringing you some of our most popular pieces of content, including what's wrong here, moving violations videos, and illustrated code catastrophes. For today's episode, we're going to discuss the confusion that can arise surrounding section 250.122B as it relates to sizing equipment grounding conductors. So Russ, I've heard you say that section 250.122B is possibly the most peculiar requirement in the code. Not only is it difficult to understand or explain, but it's also virtually impossible to enforce. So that's a big one. Um, Can you explain what's at the heart of this confusion? Let's start with that. I can sure try. Okay. If ungrounded conductors are increased in size for any reason other than ambient temperature correction or more than three current carrying conductors, any wire type equipment grounding conductors installed have to be increased in size proportionately to the increase in the circular mill area of the ungrounded circuit conductors. And on the surface, that seems easy enough, but it really does not make sense sometimes. Okay, so maybe giving our listeners a few real world examples of how this requirement can sometimes cause confusion would be helpful. Could you do that? Absolutely. Now for these uh, general application examples, we're going to assume that the copper wire and all the equipment uh, terminals are 75 degrees C rated. And to correlate with table 310.16 ampacities, we're also um, going to assume that the ambient temperature is 86 degrees Fahrenheit and there's not more than three current carrying conductors in a raceway cable, just to kind of keep it simple. So for the first example, um, a 40 amp circuit wired with 10 gauge equipment grounding conductor and a number eight gauge THWN circuit conductor, uh, that's perfectly code compliant. The eight gauge THWN is rated for 50 amps according to table 310.16 and the 10 gauge equipment ground is fine for for a 40 amp circuit according to table 250.122. But that same 10 gauge equipment ground with eight gauge THWN circuit conductors could be a violation on a 30 amp circuit. Yep, that's correct. That same 10 gauge on a lower rated circuit breaker is literally a violation. If those eight gauge circuit conductors were increased from 10 gauge by design, like for voltage drop, for example. And that just really does not seem to make sense to me. Any other examples that further illustrate why there's a gray area here when it comes to sizing equipment grounding conductors? Yeah, lots of them actually. Here's another one. So in this case, we have a 125 amp circuit wired with six gauge equipment grounding conductors and a one gauge circuit conductors. That's perfectly code compliant. But that same six gauge equipment ground with one gauge circuit conductors could be a violation on a 110 amp circuit. So is the 110 amp circuit breaker somehow more dangerous than the 125 amp breaker? I don't think so. But that same six gauge 
equipment ground on a lower rated circuit breaker is literally a violation if those one gauge circuit conductors were increased from say a two gauge. And yet, according to table 250.122, a six gauge equipment grounding conductor would normally be perfectly fine on a 200 amp circuit. I'm having a really difficult time reconciling that in my brain. <laughs> so let's review for a minute, right? A six gauge equipment grounding conductor is permitted for a 200 amp circuit, but it could be a violation on a 175, a 150, a 125, or a 110 amp circuit. But it's not always gonna be a violation on a 175, a 150, a 125, or 110 amp circuit. That can be really confusing and very difficult to try to figure out uh, how to enforce that. Definitely, this is gonna be a, a really good topic for you know most of our readers and listeners. So um, I, I think we may have to readdress this one later on down the line. So along those lines, what happens when a single equipment grounding conductor is installed for multiple circuits that are installed in the same raceway, cable, tranche or cable tray as permitted in section 250.122C, but only one of the circuits has the ungrounded conductors increased in size. And that is permitted. Having just one equipment grounding conductor serving multiple circuits, that's permitted. For this example, uh, we're gonna have a 100 amp breaker, a, an 80 amp breaker, uh, and a 70 amp breaker. Uh, and so those are three circuits, 100 amp, 80 amp, and 70 amp circuits, all installed in the same raceway with an eight gauge equipment grounding conductor which is size for the 100 amp circuit. That's the largest one. And that's required by 250.122C. So it's an eight gauge size for the 100 amp circuit. Now, if only the 70 amp circuit had the ungrounded conductors increased in size from six gauge to four gauge to reduce voltage drop, for example, would the eight gauge equipment grounded conductor still need to be increased by that same ratio? Apparently, yes, it would. The literal wording and 250.122B requires it, even though that eight gauge equipment grounding conductor is perfectly fine for the 100 amp circuit, it would be a violation for the 70 amp circuit if not increased in size by that same ratio. Is your head spinning yet? Because mine really is. Yeah. I, I can't see how not increasing the size of the equipment grounding conductor in this case would be of any safety concern since the overall impedance of the ground fault current path was lowered as soon as the circuit conductors were increased in size. I cannot think of a real world safety concern with leaving that eight gauge equipment grounding conductor as an eight gauge equipment grounding conductor. Okay, so overall, how would you, um, what would you recommend electrical professionals do to navigate this gray area in the field and apply those code requirements? Well, thankfully, the exception in section 250.122B now allows the equipment grounding conductor to be sized by a quote unquote qualified person if it provides an effective ground fault current path. Now I'm thinking a six gauge equipment grounding conductor that would otherwise be perfectly fine for a 200 amp circuit should be perfectly fine on any circuit rated lower than 200 amps too. And an eight gauge equipment grounding conductor that would otherwise be perfectly fine for any 100 amp circuit should be perfectly fine for any circuit rated lower than 100 amps. But that's my interpretation. Listeners and installers may want to have a discussion with their AHJ about whether they see it the same way that I do.
That definitely sounds like a good idea. Well, it looks like we're out of time for today. This was a great topic. I'm sure we'll address this again at some point. Uh, thank you, Russ, for sharing your unique insights from the field and industry knowledge with us today. In closing, I'd also like to thank Senior Associate Editor Ellie Coggins and Associate Editor Michael Morris for editing and putting these podcasts together, making this valuable information available to all of our readers and listeners. This podcast is produced by ECNM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. That's it for today's Code Conversation. Please let me know if you have any pressing NEC podcast topics you'd like to listen to in the future. And don't forget to check out the members-only portal of our website for more podcasts and other great content resources for electrical construction professionals. Thank you and have a great day.